All clear. Welcome to Frontlines, a weekly podcast produced by Legion Magazine, Canada's leading military history publication. Join us for stories and commentary on Canada's rich military past and present. I'm Stephen J. Thorne, and today we look at colonial privateers during the War of 1812. It may have been the best investment Enos Collins, Benjamin Connaught, and John and James Barse ever made. The merchants of Liverpool, Nova Scotia, purchased Severn, a former American slave ship captured by the Royal Navy. They got it in 1811 for a mere 420 British pounds. That's about $53,000 in Canadian money today. Lucky for them, war broke out with the United States just a few months later, and the boys were in business big time. They renamed the Baltimore Clipper-style schooner Liverpool Packet, initially running mail between Liverpool and Halifax. With the outbreak of the War of 1812, however, they acquired a letter of mark from the King of England and embarked on the most successful privateering spree mounted by any of the 40-odd Canadians licensed as maritime mercenaries during the conflict. Speedy upstart craft with its five guns and 45 crew captured some 50 American vessels in their cargoes. The combined value between 264000 and a million dollars at the time. That's equivalent to the 2019 purchasing power of six and a half million to 25 million Canadian. Classic naval engagements such as the Battle of Lake Erie and the confrontation between HMS Shannon and USS Chesapeake which ended with the captured Chesapeake paraded up Halifax Harbor, earned much of historians' attention. But skirmishes between what were at their core small, hopped-up merchant and fishing vessels were a continuing feature of the last great conflict between America and Britain. Colonial privateers played a key role in the War of Independence between 1775 and 1783. They took more than 3,000 British vessels and captured coveted muskets and gunpowder for the Continental Army. Historians estimate that during the War of 1812, American privateers captured over $9 million in British commerce, almost 230 million Canadian today, much of it off England itself. By 1814, British maritime insurance firms were routinely charging an unheard of 13% on shipments between England and Ireland. The Navy Chronicle reported that was triple what it was when Britain was at war with all of Europe. The British monarch and his representatives issued some 4,000 letters of mark during the Napoleonic Wars, which included the period between 1812 through 1815. The documents, licenses to plunder, represented win-wins for everyone involved save for the hapless victims. They essentially legitimized the practice of piracy against seagoing vessels, no matter how innocent they might be. By seizing and plundering merchant ships, fishing boats, whalers, and others, privateers upset commerce, disrupted supply, distracted naval resources, and in some cases, made themselves fortunes. The Canadian Encyclopedia says the privateers of Nova Scotia played an integral role in closing American ports during the War of 1812. They were a valuable source of intelligence for the Royal Navy on American strength and ship movements, while 15 commissioned ships from New Brunswick and Nova Scotia failed to capture any prizes, and another 10 only took one each, the remaining privateers made fortunes for their owners. 
and none more than the Liverpool Packet. Commanded by Joseph Barrs Jr., Packet captured at least 33 American ships in the war's first year, 19 of them on her first two cruises. Barrs would lie in wait off Cape Cod, Massachusetts, attacking U.S. vessels headed to Boston and New York. A list of prizes published in the Royal Gazette on March 31, 1813, includes four taken on March 28 alone. The brig Swift, captured while en route from Charleston, South Carolina, to Rhode Island with a load of cotton. The schooner Lowry, with a load of sugar, iron, and cotton bound for New York from Boston. And the sloop Reliance, headed for an undetermined destination with iron, sugar, leather, and cotton. It also captured the sloop General Green, destined for Albany, New York, from Boston, with codfish and rum for the army of General Henry Dearborn, who later became a congressman and served as U.S. Secretary of War. Other prizes taken by Packet were anchored at Liverpool, including the schooner Bunker Hill, loaded with chocolate. The vessel's owners were so inspired by Packet's success, they bought the brig Sir John Sherbrooke, formerly the American brig of war Rattlesnake, with a displacement of 273 tons, the ship had 18 guns and was crewed by 150 men. The vessel achieved the fastest success of any Canadian privateer, taking 16 prizes on its one and only cruise. Already notorious, Packet had earned the nicknames New England's Bane and the Black Joke, a moniker borne by several infamous slave ships by the time it embarked on its third cruise in April 1813. Packet was three months out of port when its run of good luck took a turn. It came upon the American privateer, Thomas, out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, twice Packet's size, wielding 12 guns with a crew of 100. The chase began at 9 a.m. on June 9, 1813. It took Thomas five hours to catch the schooner in light winds. George E.E. E. Nichols wrote about the engagement in the paper Notes on Nova Scotian Privateers. At 2 p.m., he said, Coming up with the chase very fast, the schooner hoisted her colors and commenced firing her stern chasers. Overtaken by the American, she rounded two, struck her colors, and ran alongside the Thomas. In the act of veering, she fouled the Thomas, and thinking their opponents about to board their vessel, the respective crews engaged in a hand-to-hand -hand encounter. After striking her colors, the officers and crew of the Thomas repeatedly fired into the Liverpool packet, and threatened to give her crew no quarter. Greatly outnumbered, they were compelled to surrender, but not before several of the crew of the Thomas had been killed. Barris was taken to Portsmouth, where he was kept under armed guard for several months before Sir John Cope Sherbrooke, Lieutenant Governor of Nova Scotia and a former British Army General, secured his release. Liverpool Packet was converted into an American privateer and renamed Portsmouth Packet. But in October 1813, HMS Phantom, an 18-gun brig sloop, encountered the schooner off Mount Desert Island, Maine. A chase ensued, lasting 13 hours before Phantom seized its quarry and brought the prize to Halifax. Packet was returned to her former owners, her Liverpool name restored. It resumed its plundering under the command of Caleb Seeley. 
Packett's new letter of Mark is now held in the Nova Scotia archives. Dated November 19, 1813, it authorized Seeley and his ship to, quote, apprehend, seize, and take the ships, vessels, and goods belonging to the United States of America or to any persons being citizens of or inhabiting within any territories of the United States of America according to His Majesty's Commission. As part of his privateering duties, Seeley was ordered to take note of the situation, motion, and strength of the Americans as well as he can discover by the best intelligence he can get. Packet closed the year with 14 more prize vessels to its credit. The ship had a successful 1814, too, capturing prizes in May and June, then taking two more alongside Shannon off New York and Bridgeport, Connecticut. Packet worked often with British naval vessels through the end of the war. With hostilities over and privateering all but ended by the Treaty of Ghent and shifting Royal Navy policy, Packet's owners sold it in Kingston, Jamaica, its fate beyond that is unknown. A number of ships have since claimed its name. The vessel's success helped launch the great fortune of its principal owner, Enos Collins, who would go on to found the Halifax Banking Company, which merged with the Canadian Bank of Commerce in 1903. Born to a merchant family in Liverpool, he had sailed on a few privateering escapades to the West Indies in his youth. He was declared the richest man in Canada when he died in 1871 at the age of 97. You have been listening to Frontlines. I'm Stephen J. Thorne. For this and other stories, visit legionmagazine.com frontlines. For more military history, subscribe to Legion Magazine at legionmagazine.com.